Welcome to the Bell Podcast. This is a production of Mental Health America of Kentucky. I'm Marcy Timmerman, your host today, and I have with me Dr. Gary Weinstein from Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, Dr. Weinstein, would you mind to introduce yourself a little bit to our audience? As Marcy said, my name is Dr. Gary Weinstein. I have been in Louisville since 1979. I came here from Vanderbilt, where I did my residency, to take a job with a medical school. And I was on the faculty, ran the outpatient clinic at University Hospital for four years. And I've still been involved with the university. I'm now a, a clinical professor. I supervise residents. But I've been in private practice. Uh, and for the last eight years, I've worked part-time at the VA hospital. So what is your relationship or history with MHA, Kentucky? Oh, well, I was privileged for a number of years to be on the board of MHA. And uh, thanks to Marcy Timmerman and uh, MHA, uh, they have sponsored the mental health clinic of the family community clinics, mm-hmm. which uh, we can talk about a little bit. So <laughs> uh, I've maintained that relationship. That's awesome. Thank you for doing it as well. And thanks for giving us the opportunity to help out. Um, so yeah, you mentioned the Louisville Free Mental Health Clinic. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, what that looks like? And Well, that's something with uh, Dr. Mary Helen Davis. Mm-hmm. We started as um, part of the Family Community Clinic, and they're a great group. They're located next to St. Joe's Church, 1406 East Washington Street. It's composed of uh, not only uh, some paid staff who are great, but also a number of volunteers, a number of retired physicians, uh, but people who feel strongly about helping those in the community who do not have insurance. Mm-hmm. So the criteria is that uh, you have no insurance coverage. So mm-hmm. a lot of people come there um, right now because of the coronavirus, COVID-19, uh, it's closed, which is mm-hmm. uh, a sad thing. You can still call. The number is 384-8444 and talk with staff. and uh, They can help you with their needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Centerstone is still open. The, the community mental health center, the, the family health clinics to, mm-hmm. that are resources. But we hope uh, as soon as it's safe, to be back up and running and seeing people. Mm -hmm. I'm on their uh, medical advisory committee. We're still meeting. We're still looking at uh, how to help people even during this difficult period. That's awesome. Thanks for all that great information. They're definitely a wonderful partner. It's great to have them on board. And yes, it's sad that they have to be closed, but I'm glad they're still answering the phone and still there for their patients. Well, and their their executive director, Alan Wells, is still... Mm -hmm managing things, keeping things going, uh, and doing a really good job. We had talked before about um, how the clinic was going to work with the integrated care model with mental health and physical health working together. Is that something you're still doing there, or can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Uh, That we have looked at is a model for the future, even though a lot of people around the country are doing that. It's a very close working relationship with primary care. And our model is that uh, it's not just 
you, know, you go from uh, this area to this area to this area. There, we all work together. Uh, we do it in uh, a collegial and a community model, really. Mm-hmm. So you work together with the physical health docs, the nurses, all the other specialists as needed to kind of coordinate care together? Yeah. Yes. And that's the way the mm-hmm. clinic was started. That's the model. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're fortunate to be able to do that. There are other places that do that. Uh, mm-hmm. The VA hospital mm-hmm. is a pioneer in doing that. They embed uh, certain staff with primary care and they work closely with mental health. So we've used that somewhat as a model also. How is it different than from other types of clinics that you've run or been involved with before? How is an integrated care kind of model different? When I ran the University of Louisville Hospital Outpatient Clinic, Mm -hmm. we were our own entity. We took care of everything there. When we had a referral or consultation, we referred people off and they went to a different area and we got feedback, but we didn't work closely mm-hmm. with those people. Now, we work very closely with the primary care people, with the specialists, uh, and make sure that we're all on the same page. That's awesome that you guys get to work together and really see the whole person. So do patients seem to like that method of treatment? Do they like having everyone kind of on the same page? Or have you gotten any pushback from the normal model they're expecting to see? When it's a seamless model, people don't even realize that that's a different aspect or a different way of doing things. They, mm-hmm. It's just something they expect. So that's good. That is good. Something they should expect, too. <laughs> you mentioned that the clinic is closed right now. Do you have expectations of things that you'll expect to see and hear from patients and even your fellow providers when you finally are able to reopen? Well, we're still hearing from patients who mm-hmm. need their medication refilled. We talk with them, staff talks with them, uh, and make sure that they have what they need during this period. Like everybody else, though, um, it's hard to know when mm-hmm. things will be up and running. We hope as soon as possible. Um, we can talk a little bit later about uh, some things to do in the meantime, but, uh, mm-hmm. but we hope sooner than later. Are you expecting folks to come in with general, more generalized anxiety or stress or any kind of post-traumatic issues because of COVID-19? You know, considering this is the greatest crisis that we've faced in our lifetime, mm-hmm. uh, the greatest health crisis probably since the Spanish flu 100 years ago, uh, the greatest economic crisis since the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. So understandably, uh, the stress level for, for most people is through the roof. And people feel fear and anxiety about their health, about the health of their loved ones. Uh, there's a lot of isolation mm-hmm. that people are not accustomed to and a lot of loss, you know, loss of control, of routine. Uh, I, I still um, talk or do... Uh, telehealth with my private patients. I'm in private Mm -hmm. practice. The two days a week that I uh, work with people at the VA hospital, you know, the same thing. And people with underlying anxiety disorders or PTSD, you know, it just adds to that. So life is a lot more difficult now. Yeah, I don't think we'll be bouncing back to exactly the same people we were before. And I think that's okay. 
medicine and the way we uh, prescribe and, and what we do most likely will be permanently changed. We hear a lot about whole health in terms of public health goals, and mental health has been slowly changing over my lifetime from more of a symptoms management goals to whole health life goals. And of course, that applies right now to the COVID-19 crisis, probably more amplified than I would have thought when I wrote this question a long time ago. We do believe that, you know, the whole health is definitely a major part of what we practice and, and preach here at MHA Kentucky. I was wondering if you could tell us about your private practice and how you've um, designed a different way um, in your private practice to, to handle patients from that holistic perspective. Doing uh, holistic care means that you just don't focus on symptoms. You look at the whole person. And in mental health, we're trained to do that anyway, but... In particular, um, I always make sure when I talk with people that they uh, move, that they do some kind of walking or exercise, uh, that they eat well. Uh, I talk about their sleep. We look at doing some controlled breathing. We do some uh, relaxation training, relaxation response. You know, you're your own therapist in that way. Uh, you're doing things that help strengthen uh, your body, your your sense of control, and everything's connected. So certainly psychotherapy is very important. Medications we use help. But uh, the other part of what I just described, and I think go a long way. At MHA Kentucky, we talk about realigning the mental health system to stop only treating mental illness. Um, at that very last stage four standard, which stage four we usually translate as being forcibly admitted to a psychiatric hospital or a jail system, which is even in some ways worse. So we really want to encourage that early treatment, early gathering. was wondering if there were any tips or, or things you'd like to see in Kentucky uh, happen that will encourage that kind of earlier access to a, a mental health provider in someone's trajectory. You know, what we're all going through now in terms of the stress we feel mm -hmm. we're all in this together and it's very important uh, to validate that that you know if you feel whatever whatever it is fear anxiety helplessness loneliness then that's valid yeah you're not alone mm -hmm. there's a universality to that but it's very important to be kind to each other you know, it's interesting. There are a lot of people who are volunteering and doing some uh, wonderful things. A lot of people, though, uh, feel like that they're not in it with other people, you know, as evidenced by toilet paper disappearing from the shelf. You know, if you need 80 rolls of toilet paper, uh, then, you know, somebody else might not get that. So, mm -hmm. so being kind to each other is part of that, but also being able to communicate your feelings. That's really important. Uh, and a lot of people do that. The people I work with and talk to who seem to be more successful in terms of handling this period, uh, they do certain things. And one is they have people they talk with mm -hmm. and express their feelings to. So if you don't have that, then I think it's important to reach out and find that. And like I say, through the Mental Health Association, 
Mental Health America of Kentucky. You can call and find out resources through Centerstone Family Health Clinic and, and even, again, um, the Family Community Clinic. Anything else you'd like to add? I know you had brought some things to help us all kind of cope with COVID-19, and I'd love to hear some of those ideas. Well, yes, if people want to get a pen and a, a sheet of paper, and let me say, again, most everybody is stressed now. People with chronic health problems, though, their health problems uh, get worse because of the stress. People with mental health problems, uh, it adds to that. There's increased use of alcohol, tobacco, marijuana. Uh, the latest statistic from the CDC was over the past few weeks, prescriptions for anti-anxiety medicine has gone up by a third. So people are having trouble here. There's, there's more domestic violence. People don't have a pathway to, to get away from their home. What we look at is trying to increase resilience. And like I mentioned before, Movement, taking care of your body is always important. Uh, eating healthy food, sleeping, not drinking alcohol to excess. When it's nice, you know, because I, I have a job where I sit down and <laughs> I'm inside and I talk with people. So for me, it's important uh, when I get home to get out and take a walk. Mm -hmm. So if it's a nice day, be out in nature take breaths. So that's one thing. Another thing is to look at a sense of control or mastery. Um, you know, when people work, they don't have to worry about that. They get up, they go to work. Their work routine is pretty much laid out. A lot of people are out of work now. Having a schedule, making out some kind of routine. And, and what I uh, recommend to people is, you know, just get a sheet of paper and put down when you want to wake up in the morning, when you want to eat breakfast, lunch, supper, when you want to go to bed as an outline. And then within that framework, put down something that you enjoy doing, put down when you might want to take a walk or do some exercise. I also recommend people journal. And that's part of expressing your feelings. If you could put down on paper what you think and feel, it helps. There's a part of the brain called the amygdala, and the amygdala is involved in the flight or, or fright reaction. You know, it's what, uh, if you stand in the middle of a street and a car comes towards you, it's what allows your system to gear up uh, to get out of the way in time. Often with people with panic attacks, uh, I use that example because it's as though their system is telling them a car is coming toward them, but it's not. It's a stress reaction, though. So if you journal or if you talk to people, it helps ease the pressure on the amygdala. It helps reduce the stress in the body. And so it's useful. There's a, a physiological reason for that. In terms of mastery, too, if you want to write in your schedule or routine something that you feel is productive, it gives you a sense of accomplishment. And it really doesn't have to be anything except what you set as a goal. In other words, if you're reading a book, just say, I'm going to read two chapters at this point in time. So that's important. And that helps you feel more in control. 
you can look back then at the day and feel like you haven't wasted it. A lot of people now, uh, they feel like they're just drifting while waiting. And one of the problems with this is, uh, as people have described it, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. You know, when there's a snowstorm and we're all inside for a few days, we can get through that in a few days. But, but uh, it's hard to know how long this is going to last. So, so you really want to uh, be able, you know, each day to do something. And, and I really stress to, to also look, that, look at putting something in that's enjoyable, something that uh, is uplifting. That means not watching the news a lot, but watching something that is educational, uh, that's a comedy, something that gives you uh, pleasure, too. The third thing is, as we talked about, communicating with others and um, a meaningful communication. Now, with technology, it's easier with Facebook, uh, with texting, with email. We're on this call right now with Zoom. Mm-hmm. Zoom uh, Zoom stock has gone way up because that's the way a lot of people are meeting now. And families will have Zoom meetings. I, I talk with them about that. So, mm-hmm. But this decreases the sense of isolation. You know, a lot of people uh, often would look forward to their church community uh, on Sunday. But uh, churches are being very safe and cautious now. And, and they... Um, show their services uh, on the media, but it's not the same. It's not the same. So um, you want to make sure that you've got some personal contact, no matter how it is. The other thing uh, that is useful is to be mindful, mindful of of your breathing. Uh, and when I take a walk, uh, often I'll stop and look around and just take a deep breath and um, appreciate nature. Uh, it slows things down and uh, nature is healthy. You know, if we are surrounded by too many machines and people are at home now with their children. They're on the computer a lot because that's the way lessons are. Uh, and it's what you've got to do, but it's good to have balance. You know, there's something about a screen that actually changes the brain structure. So um, it, it's good for not just kids, but for all of us to be out, uh, listen to music that you like. And again, uh, if you don't have anybody else, there are resources, as we talked about, to reach out. Those are great, great Ways. I'll just plug for a minute that MHA Kentucky now has a virtual happy hour on Tuesdays at 7 that is open to the public. You do have to register for security purposes because we don't need Zoom bombed. Any of you have been paying attention to what that is. Um, And we also have one on Thursdays at noon, a lunch hour one. So if anybody wants to join, they're welcome to do that. And we'll have that information up on our website with this. So those are great ideas. Yeah, they've been really helpful for the folks that have reached out. You know, it it takes a, a lot of bravery to reach out and meet up with strangers. But once you get past that, I think we have really good, valuable conversations that are very authentic. So we're hoping to continue those. Usually women are braver in that regard, but it's okay for men to do it too. It's important. Yep. Women are better networkers, I think. That's a generalization uh, from what I've seen that that is the case. 
Yeah, I think a lot of times they're also bearing a lot of the burdens of home with the kids and, and learning and cleaning and all of that fun stuff. So um, I feel like they might also be reaching out because they need it a little bit more. So you're right. Is there any kind of journaling that's particularly more constructive? Um, I feel like some people we've had reach out about journaling as it's, it's, it's up being destructive to them. So I didn't know if there's like a, a general path that they should follow for journaling. Usually a rule of thumb is uh, in terms of when to do it. I recommend mm-hmm. doing it before supper or picking a time that's not in the evening, not before bedtime, because it, it can be upsetting. Mm-hmm. But if you write out your thoughts that relate to feelings, particularly strong feelings, then it puts it down in black and white. And when you can see it, it takes some of the power away from that. Uh, and if you've got a lot of negative thoughts, sometimes, uh, you know, like this will never end, uh, you can put down and decide, well, you know, it's the, an old Persian saying, this too shall pass. Uh, it will. It will. We'll get through this. But uh, it's important to hang on to that. So at least you've got that as a rational thought to go by. So sometimes answering your own uh, negative thoughts with a thought that makes sense can be very helpful. That wraps up today's episode of The Bell Podcast by MAJ Kentucky. We would like to give thanks to Adam Sofkoplos for creating our theme music and to Jennifer Longworth of Bourbon Barrel Podcasting for her excellent editing skills. 